What's going on, fellas? This is Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. What's going on, guys? It's Rob Carbone coming at you with another episode of BD4. No better way. Um, tonight we're doing episode 69. The Knicks just completed their pre-deadline, you know, first half of the season. Um, Two-game win streak. That's cool and all. I guess we'll recap real quickly just this. We'll recap tonight's game and then we'll get more into the trade talks and all that stuff because that's what really we're gonna that's what we're gonna talk about in this episode. But yeah, tonight they came into they went into Cleveland and they took the victory. It took them an extra quarter. Game went into overtime, but they got it done. Right, a good solid win, I guess. Um <laughs> but both teams were clicking offensively. I believe both teams shot over fifty five percent. The Knicks had some trouble defending the three-point arc, which is why this game lasted as long as it did. Um, they let the Cavs shoot 51% from deep, hitting 18 three-pointers, whereas the Knicks only hit 10 at a 39% clip. Where they did their damage, the Knicks was inside the paint. Uh, 72 points down inside the paint tonight. And, you know, that's what they do. We've talked about this plenty of times before. That is what the New York Knicks do when they, when they score. They don't have many shooters, so... They do their, their scoring down on the low block and down in the restricted area for the most part. So tonight, again, over 55%, 72 paint, uh, paint points. And it was the second unit who really um, helped the Knicks prevail in this one. The play of Dennis Smith Jr., which was nice to see. In 20 minutes, he scored 15 points, timed out six assists, stole four. Um... Dennis Smith was working from the outside. We saw the jumper um, flowing tonight. He had a couple a couple of good drives to the rim, and he flashed his potential a little bit. Um, Alonzo Trier didn't play, obviously. They never played the kid. Kevin Knox even looked active out there. That was good to see. <laughs> he never does that. Um, but, yeah, he had 5 of 8 shooting, um, 12 points, 2 out of 4 from distance. The big thing with him is... When he's scoring, it's good to see him score from the mid-range, score from the inside, and from the outside, right? I, and I kind of feel like he, he he needs to do that. He needs to work his way outside because when he's just standing outside the arc and being a statue and catching and shooting three-point um, three-pointers, it's kind of, it's harmful to him at times. He needs to be more than just a catch and shoot um, artist, if you if you will, if you will, right? It's good to see him working inside out and, and see, that's kind of how you can get your rhythm sometimes that's why I always think the mid-range is underrated in a way it could help you it's more of a builder it could help you get to you know work your way up and get you hot so it was nice to see Kevin Knox kind of mix it up tonight use his versatility 12 points again on, on 2 of 4 shooting from deep and 5 of 8 but 3 of 4 from the inside 
Um, also playing well off the bench, Frank Ulikino led the team in plus minus. Seven rebounds from Frank. Hit a big three-pointer late. Damian Dotson, nine points, three of six shooting. Second highest uh, plus minus on the club. So the Knicks bench was good. Um, who else did I miss? Mitchell Robinson played good while he was out there. Big thing is none of these Knicks were out there long. None of the young kids were out there for, for, for much longer than 15, 20 minutes. And that's been the case for a while. You know, it's it's. I'm hoping it's... Again, we're going to talk about this in just a sec. I'm hoping it's showcasing the vets for the deadline, and that's all that's that's all that this is. But yeah, they 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 don't get many minutes, and that's kind of frustrating. But for now, we'll see what happens. It's Thursday, Judgment Day is Thursday, <laughs> and Marcus Morris couldn't be doing better to get himself um, to get that trade value up tonight. He. He missed the uh, the final possession of the game. He could have took the shot and made it. It would have given the Knicks the victory. But he ended up missing a 23-footer. He had a good look at it. It just went in and out. Nothing you could do. But he did redeem himself. Scored the final six points of the game in overtime. And um, ended up giving the Knicks the win with some with some big shots. A couple of unassisted baskets. And then he hit the two free throws at the end, year, at the end there to seal it. But... So he was big down the stretch. Julius Randle, he had a couple of big shots down the stretch in the fourth quarter. He had a couple that made the Knicks. Um, he had one to break the tie and then to extend the lead in the fourth. And then he hit the... Him and Peyton were working well at a pick and roll um, within the first couple of minutes of overtime. And so Randle was good. 20 points for Randle. 28 for Morris. Alfred Payton had a triple-double. 17 points, 15 assists, 11 rebounds, and one turnover. Very good. Again, he played the catalyst tonight, and he'll have those games here and there, Alfred Payton will, where he kind of looks like Rajon Rondo in his prime. So it was nice to see him play well. Um, But again, it's kind of one of those things where you take with a grain of salt. It's the Cavaliers, and you kind of can't really be too excited about it also because Again, the veterans are playing over these young kids, and you just hope by the time Thursday comes around, the New York Knicks do the right thing, and they and they get rid of as many veterans as they can, and they get rid of as many short-term contracts as they can. They get as much assets in return as they can get, get these first-round picks, do whatever they can to, to keep track of what their real goal is here, is, which is not to win now, not to take any shortcuts, but to rebuild and to try to build within the draft and build within acquiring draft picks and taking on contracts from other clubs such as, you know, things like that. So tonight we need to, um, hopefully I'm saying, I mean, hopefully it's the last night we see guys like Portis. We see guys like Ellington, Gibson, and um, Morris. You know, Morris has been a, a big topic here, obviously, in trade in trade talks. And this has been all season, let's be honest, right? Um, guys have been talking about Morris all year. What are they going to do with him? Should they trade him? Should they keep him? And I, you know, personally, I've been one. I've held the same opinion all throughout the season, which is the only rational, the only right, correct decision. Let's be honest here, which is trading Marcus Morris. You've got to trade this guy. Listen, I like him too. I love the New York attitude, you know, but I'm not going to just keep him to catch feelings. First of all, this is a guy who's north of 30 years old, so it's not like he's some young kid who you can keep around and develop for when the Knicks eventually are good. So that that's a no. Um, second of all, he's a free agent at the end of the season. If you want him that bad, you could get him back in the summer. Third of all, 
His value will never be higher at the age of 30-something years old. You trade him now, he's playing at a career high, you get a first-round draft pick in return. So if you don't trade him, you risk losing him for nothing. If you do trade him, you get that first-round pick, and the worst that happens is you lose him, and you get a first-round pick. So it's 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 really a, a no-brainer right now. There's not much you could say to rationalize keeping Marcus Morris on this basketball team here in 2020 at least. So if the two sides want to meet again in free agency, I'm all for that. Good. Right now, we got to be smart here and get a free uh, get a first-round draft pick in return. That's what we need to do. We have a chance to re-sign him and get a first-round pick, okay? We take that chance over just keeping him pointless reasons just to get 22 wins as opposed to 17 and whatever you know that makes no sense put this guy on a contender ship him to lac let them have him whoever wants him the blazers anywhere let's get our first round draft pick and then we'll talk about getting morris back that's the most important part the most important part is not keeping morris because he makes you feel good and he has this new york persona no the main goal here is to to develop, to, to, to grow a foundation, to get as much talent as possible, and you do that by acquiring draft picks. And that's what the Knicks should be doing. No shortcuts, nothing that makes no sense like keeping Morris. We've got to trade him first and foremost. That's the guy you need to get rid of. Um, also, I've heard things like, listen, I'm going to go to this page. I'm going to find the reports. There's been a couple of reports that came out today Begley said one of them, um, it was about, not Marcus Morris, it was about, God, let me find it. Uh, it was the Knicks and Hornets about Julius Randle. I think I passed it. Here it is. I'm tired. <clears throat> um, some names that came up in Hornets and Knicks recent talks included Randle, Smith Jr., Rogier, and Malik Monk. First reported that the Knicks and Hornets recently discussed Randall. Listen, I mean, if we're talking about trading Randall for Rogier and Monk, that's a no for me. I like Randall. I don't love him. But the fact that we're getting Monk and Rogier in return, if, if that were to be the case, that's a no. Randall's a good player where he's a player where he has the talent. He has the talent to be a dominant force. So would I just give him away for, for a project in Monk and for a decent at-best player in Rogier? Absolutely not. Not that I want to keep Randall badly. I would love to trade him. But for that for that return, no. I need to get a haul if I'm going to trade Julius Randall. That's not what I want. I'm not looking for Rogier and Monk if I'm trading Randall. As far as Dennis Smith Jr., yeah, that's probably what the return piece should be if you're trading Jr. That's, that's what the return piece should be. Jr. plus... But if you're trading, not for Randall, you have to get more. So in terms of, I don't know if I would do that. Now, again, you got to take this with a grain of salt because nothing happens. Like most times, nothing happens with the, when these reports come out. But you know, in a hypothetical situation, if we're talking about Randall Smith Jr. for Rogier and Malik Monk, I just can't give Randall away just for that. I've got to get a little bit more in return for that. Now let's go to the other guy. I don't know if, how how... I don't know how legit this guy is. I've never even heard of this guy, but he's got a check mark. But he said something earlier about D'Angelo Russell and the Knicks trying to work a deal out with the Warriors. Now, I don't know how legit this is again, but um, did I pass it? 
think it's it's uh, it's slow, but this guy said the Knicks and oh here it is. I just hold on, I'm trying to find it. Let me treat, let me see if I can get there again. Hold on. This guy said the Knicks and the Warriors. Well, the Knicks offered the Warriors. What's this? What's this idiot's name? The Knicks offered. <laughs> there he is. He said that the Knicks. And I apologize if you're listening to this on SoundCloud. You probably have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I am trying to find a source on Twitter who said that the Knicks were in talks with the Warriors about trading for D'Lo, and they were involving Portis. They wanted to involve him, Neil Aquina, Alonzo Trier, a second-round pick. The Warriors originally didn't like that, and they asked the Knicks for Mitchell Robinson. Um, that right there, Mitchell Robinson is a no. If we're going to trade um, for D'Angelo Russell, I'm not trading Mitchell Robinson for that, right? It's it's because Mitchell Robinson is a guy who has the potential to be just as good, if not better, than D'Lo as a center. Um, so I don't know if I do that. Right, any trade that involves Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett has to blow you away. Obviously, let's talk rational. Let's not be an irrational Knicks fan. Trade everybody; they all suck. No, let's be real. Let's have some logic. And you really can't have an opinion on this unless you watch every single Knicks game, like I. <laughs> but no, seriously, I hate. I hate just. I don't like when people just say trade this guy, trade all, trade all of them just because the Knicks suck. LOL, Knicks. If you're one of those casuals who don't pay attention, who catches a game every four or five nights, you know, that's you got to watch the team every night to really have an opinion on them. And so I'm not trading Mitchell Robinson and RJ Barrett if the offer isn't going to blow me away wholeheartedly. Why would I trade Robinson for a guy who probably won't be as good as him or he'll be the same at best? And not only that, but you're losing your center. You're not getting a center. You don't have it. You don't have a center on this team outside of Robinson that you can look at and grow and develop, right? Um, Taj Gibson ain't sure as Shane ain't going to be your center. He's not going to be here next season. If he's going to be here past Thursday at all, I'd be kind of surprised. Um, who's going to be your center? It's not going to be Wooten. Wooten's going to be a power forward. The guy's 6'9". Um, so you're losing your center. You're losing a, an asset, but you're losing a talented player. You know, there's so many things to that that just don't make sense. So that's a no. Um but yeah, like I said, you got to be smart with some of these deals. You can't just do it for the sake of making a trade and trying to get something new. You know, I know it's tempting to take some shortcuts here and there, but I would more than take D'Angelo Russell if it included anybody else besides those two players. I would definitely do that. He's 20, what is he, 23 years old only? And he's been in the league for a few years, and he's still very young. He's very good. He can shoot. The Knicks need as many shooters as they can get. Um, I would take him in a heartbeat, yeah. I would give up the Mavs uh, first-round picks, the ones they gave us for Porzingis. I would give up the Mavs picks in a heartbeat for him, plus whatever else they need, Trier, Dotson, throw in anybody, and I would take them, anybody but those two. I would take <clears throat> I would take D'Angelo Russell. But, yeah, as far as trading Morris for someone like Monk, someone like Rogier, that's a no. As far as getting somebody like Dennis Schroeder we heard about, he doesn't intrigue me. He's kind of meh. As far as trading Mitch for D'Lo, no. you got to be smart with these guys. You can't just be st- stupid and trade just to make trades, right? It's kind of like that old saying, don't just spend to spend. Um, actually, I really don't know if that's an old saying. I kind of just said <laughs> that at the top of my head. But, yeah, that's that, man. You just have to be smart. Don't be stupid when you're making these deals. 
and hopefully the Knicks do something, right? Because after all these months of, of showcasing these veterans and not playing the foundation enough, you just hope it's that they're going to sell heavy. You hope that's the reason for it, right? Because if they end up doing little but or nothing at all at the deadline, what was all that for, right? Why Why are we doing all this? So you hope they at least trade Morris. You hope they at least trade um, two of Portis, Ellington, and Gibson, and you know so on. You hope they can do something with Bullock. Get rid of all these one-on-one deals and get as many picks in return, as many, you know, maybe some young talent. But like I said, the object here is to rebuild. So you want those draft picks. You want to get as many draft picks as possible to rebuild this team for the future and get better. Let's go. Boy, that's what I got tonight. Not really much of an episode with many insight, with much insight in it at all. Kind of talking off the top of my head. But, you know, it wasn't really a good episode tonight. Sorry, I didn't have much to, to put out there. There's not much out other than those two reports. But we'll see what happens in the coming days. Thursday, man. Thursday is Judgment Day. That is the day we find out. Steve Mills, is he, is he going to be Steve Mills? Or is he going to do something shockingly good for this team? We'll find out. But that's all I got tonight, guys. Rob Carbone, episode 69 of BD4. Nick's complete pre-deadline shenanigans. All right, I'm signing out. I'm going to bed. I'm tired. Ciao.